This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, this is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. We have a new rebranded Ministry of Natural Resources, Environment and Climate Change led by YB Nick Nazmi Nick Ahmad. What are among the issues that he should prioritise in his new ministry? So today on the show, you'll be hearing from two Earth Matters regulars about what they hope the ministry will focus on as we collectively tackle the triple planetary crisis of climate change, biodiversity loss and pollution. So in the second part of the show, coming up later, you'll hear from Ili Nadia Zulfaka, the chairperson of Klima Action Malaysia or KAMI and a member of Gabungan Darurat Iklim Malaysia, GDIMY. But now I have Andrew Sebastian, the founder and chief executive officer of the Ecotourism and Conservation Society of Malaysia or Ecomai, joining me to share his wish list. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. It's always a pleasure to be uh, invited by BFM to talk about all the important stuff. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so, you know, we've got a, a new sort of, um, I guess, rebranded <laughs> ministry, right? Ministry of Natural Resources, Environment and Climate Change. We've That's got uh, Nick Nazmi, Nick Ahmad at the helm. Um, so as far as you're concerned, Andrew, you know, what should be at the top of the environment agenda for the new government? I think the, the Nick being uh, uh, the minister now, I think, uh, gives us an opportunity where he can maybe across the board uh, speak to the past-led governments in uh, the states of uh, Kelantan and uh, Trungganu especially, yeah? uh, to try to get them to actually push forward a promise or pledge that was made by Ismail Sabri in uh, about a year ago, November 2021, yeah? mm-hmm. where, where they came up with a, a formula or plan. Uh, for the federal government to compensate state governments for them to maintain their forests. Uh, this is in line with uh, reducing back uh, uh, policies. This has to do a lot with climate change, where if you maintain your forests, the forests, forest, as you know, mm-hmm. has access a carbon sink. You know, it absorbs all this, all those nasty stuff, greenhouse gases out there, especially carbon. You know, so it's a good thing to maintain our forests. And finally, finally, there was some light last year. When the federal government said this, you know, they will plan now to compensate states if they can maintain their forests. That's that's a that's amazing thing. So, I think um, in this uh, current uh, setup, I would hope, and that would be my top uh, wish list here yeah, for Nick uh, to go to states now. I mean, to go to his boss, uh, <laughs> the federal government should follow to to uh, what Ismail Sabri uh, pledged. I think about uh, a year ago. Okay. All right. So um, uh, that that's a huge one, right? Because that yeah cuts across this whole federal government sort of um, this break, right? This this sort of um, thing that happens. Um, but what do you think are some other actions uh, that could be implemented? You know, as soon as possible. You know, like uh, you know, we've seen things like countries placing a ban on single plastic, uh, single use plastic, those sorts of things. But you know, for you especially coming from the ecotourism sector, coming from the conservation sector, what do you think are some positive steps that will not only go far, but you know, can be quick implemented I think uh, we have to get uh, get the ball rolling in I think gazetting uh, more protected areas uh, because uh, ecotourism is all about uh, having natural products uh, to showcase here yeah? uh, to highlight mm-hmm. so wildlife birds uh, insects uh, plants uh, coral reefs and so on yeah? so uh, we have a good network of, uh, of protected areas but it's not enough it's not enough to, to maintain the onslaught of overdevelopment yeah mm-hmm. uh, climate change as I said earlier and so on so uh, number one I think we need to gazette more protected areas uh, uh, be it on land as well as the oceans uh, marine protected areas uh, more marine parks, I think, uh, should be on the cards. Uh, we have to do. We, we we have done such a bad job all this while, <laughs> and, and unfortunately, we need to 
we can't do small, small little things uh, uh, for now. We need to plan to do big things, great things, uh, because we need to make the most impact we can in the next five years. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, things like, uh, you know, you mentioned all the different sort of like sectors in that sense, right? In that sense, right? So forestry, marine, uh, the marine side of things, right? And it's all very different sort of issues that everyone is facing. How do you hope, you know, the government or well, what are you, what is your advice, you know, for the government to foster sort of better and meaningful collaboration between all these different uh, stakeholders, uh, you know, in terms of, um, you know, also local authorities, uh, not just the NGOs, but also the local communities, indigenous peoples, how can they all come together to tackle these sorts of environmental issues? Well, I, well, I, do, I don't exactly have the, uh, the end all, uh, the, the silver sure, sure, all sure, this, but, sure. but I would think we need to depoliticize all these issues. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the, the biggest hurdle, I think, is politics, uh, religion in some manner, you know, we need to put this, all of this aside. It, uh, it has to be, it's, it's a neutral uh, it's a neutral uh, want. It's a neutral issue. You know, uh, uh, climate change uh, 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 is is a, a big threat. It's happening right now. You look out of the window. Look at all this, uh, all the dark clouds looming over us. It's going to happen more. Uh, they begin to face severe weather weather patterns, uh, uh, planting seasons, uh, fruiting seasons. Everything is going out of the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to. Cut across all this political divide, uh, depoliticize these issues uh, because really we need to get get to the uh, we need to get working on these issues so very very importantly uh, breaking down uh, political barriers. Uh, that's not an easy thing to to do, uh, but that is the formula that's going to work because right now. People are suffering. Yeah, men in streets are suffering. Farmers are suffering. Uh, uh, tourists, uh, tourism industry people are all suffering as well, because we really need uh, the government to protect all these natural assets. Uh, if not for the economy, it's for our well-being. Uh, if not for our well-being, it's for us to stem out uh, deadly diseases that's going to come out from the animal kingdom being uh, exploited. Yeah, like like COVID and all the messed up uh, viruses and bacteria that we're going to face in the future. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I guess, you know, there's a, there's a lot of hope for, for this new ministry. Um, uh, and, you know, there's also, I, mean, I think you've made this call before, so, you know, it shouldn't just be, when it comes to, uh, you know, issues pertaining the environment and conservation, it's not just the Ministry of Environment, you know, it needs to cut across uh, all the different ministries, isn't it? Um, That's right. But for listeners, you know, like, how do you hope, uh, I mean, what is your advice to them to to hold the government to task, you know, and to, to make sure that they uh, prioritise the environment and the climate crisis and, you know, our biodiversity crisis, all of that biodiversity loss crisis, uh, you know, prioritise that and then also, you know, um, keep their promises, lah, you know, in terms of, yeah, what is your advice to listeners? Well, well, I think uh, do do as, as, as a lot of people do. Uh, you need to practice uh, uh, being... Uh, uh, practice at three hours, for example. You need to not. Uh, to, you need to bring your own bags to shopping complexes. You need to show leadership uh, to your family and your friends and your inner circle and so on. Uh, having said that, you need to also hold people in of, in office and uh, to account. Yeah, mm. we need to take photographs uh, in a safely manner, of course, of of vehicles emitting black smoke. Yeah. Uh, in the exhausts uh, exhaust pipes and so on, you know, we need to take to task uh, people who are, are littering. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, this this really small things that we can do uh, up to holding our members of parliament accountable is something we cannot run away from. That is our duty. Uh, not if not to us, it's for our children and the, the upcoming future generations. Okay. All right. Uh, any any last message, Andrew, that you'd like to leave us with? 
I think uh, it's coming to a year end uh, where people are going to relax a little bit more. Uh, we also need to worry. Uh, sorry, we also need to look out for people who are under threat. Yeah, so a lot of communities, a lot of people who are are living in the threat of of the monsoon that's coming up, uh, landslides, uh, heavy rains, flooding, and so on. Uh, my thoughts go out to them and 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 to all listeners. I think uh, let's be sympathetic. Uh, let's have some uh, empathy for for people who are going to go through a lot of uh, hard times in the next month or two. Uh, and and where we can donate, where we can support local communities, uh, and come next year, uh, please get out there, enjoy nature. Uh, I mean, in, uh, go go and visit ecotourism spots, uh, go and visit Orangasli villages, uh, go and visit all these beautiful islands and so on. Uh, spend money here in Malaysia. Uh, show show the government that ecotourism works. Yeah, and when it works, it should be protected and uh, and developed uh, sensibly for the near future. Thank you, Andrew. That was Andrew Sebastian, founder and chief executive officer of the Ecotourism and Conservation Society of Malaysia, or ECOMAI, sharing his wish list for the Environment Ministry uh, and you know the things that he hopes that the new minister and his deputy will prioritise under this new Anwar Ibrahim administration. Now, we're just going to go for a quick break, but when we return, I'll be chatting with Ili Nadia Zulfaka, chairperson of Klima Action Malaysia and a member of Gabungan Darurat Iklim Malaysia, about her wish list. Keep it right here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. Today we're talking wish lists for the newly rebranded, for the new rebranded Ministry of Natural Resources, Environment and Climate Change, NRECC. And uh, earlier you heard from Andrew Sebastian, the founder and chief executive officer of the Ecotourism and Conservation Society of Malaysia, sharing his wish list for the ministry and the new ministers. Um, but now I have Ili Nadia Zulfaka, the chairperson of Klima Action Malaysia, or KAMI, which is also a member of Gabungan Darurat Iklim Malaysia. She's joining me to share her wish list for the environment. Welcome, Nadia. How are you today? Hi, Julia. Thanks so much for having me again. I'm uh, really looking forward to um, you know sharing what we've learned from our meeting with uh, the minister. Yeah, I mean, and that was really exciting to see. I mean, uh, the so of course, you know, the new minister for the Ministry of Natural Resources, Environment and Climate Change, uh, you know, uh, has met a lot of you guys, you know, from civil society and NGOs. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, how that meeting came about and uh, maybe some things that were discussed. So the meeting came about, uh, I think, a um, few weeks back. Um, I think it was during his first week of uh, clocking into the office. Um, we we knew him um, from the interview that we did under the campaign Undi Iklim, mm. where we interviewed several candidates uh, of the uh, uh, parliamentary uh, election. Um, and he was there, so he was keen to be interviewed. So we asked him lots of questions on the key questions on uh, climate. And um, that's how we get to know him. And um, during the meeting as well that happened uh, a few days ago, we were accompanied, uh, we, we basically coordinated the meeting together with um, several uh, community-based uh, organization mm -hmm. in Klang Valley. So uh, the likes of Asha Alam, uh, Community Forest, um, uh, Friends of uh, Bukit Dinding, Friends of Bukit Kiara, um, and some other uh, river uh, management, uh, community-based uh, management associations uh, that attended this meeting together with us. So um, basically based in Clown Valley, but we are, um, uh, you know, uh, ecstatic because we 
this is some of the few times where we get to meet with a minister that has engaged with community-based organizations and we um, were very thrilled to be uh, given that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I, must, I, must, I must really commend him, right? I mean, within the first couple of weeks of, uh, you know, adopting this, mm-hmm. this portfolio. And he's a first-time minister, as we know, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Nazmi, uh, YB mm-hmm. Nick Nazmi. So it's really wonderful that he's reached out to the ground. Uh, you know, folks were mm-hmm. doing all that. Hard. So that's that's a really promising, um, uh, I guess, development, isn't it? In mm-hmm. this, this fight towards, you know, protecting us from the climate crisis and from all the mm-hmm. environmental destruction. Um, I guess, you know, for you, you know, of course, coming from Kami, you know, part of government, uh, Malaysia, and you know all the work that you've been doing. Um, what do you feel should be at the top of the uh, environment agenda for the new government, and also for this new? I guess you know, it's a, sort of a rebranded ministry, isn't it? Because it's got everything under it: natural resources, environment, climate change. Uh, yeah, what do you think should be the first, the top priorities? Right for the NRECC, there's a bunch of things that they need to do, but I think. Um, because energy is again under this the same portfolio. Uh, before this, it was separated, right? Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of uh, questions on energy reform. Are they going to follow up with what you'll be in the previous minister uh, under the same uh, PH administration mm-hmm. has been pursuing when it comes to energy reforms? And is there going to be changes on uh, uh, the policy directives on fuel subsidies? Because apparently it's, now we are facing energy insecurity everywhere around the world because of the um, the wars that's happening um what would be you know the best solution for the people not just on the short term but long term so when we talk about subsidies who's paying it is the money from the future is the money from the people the future generation and we are the one that will be you know carrying the burden the debt that's one and also the the locking in of carbon due to these subsidies so we we want that to be addressed uh, as soon as possible and definitely the kind of um, there's a lot of uh, demands that we have put forward but I think because the setting that we met with him was on the basis on civil society and grassroots so we were mainly talking about the solutions strategies and challenges from these landscapes so the kind of uh, um, you know push that we want from the government is definitely from the NRCC is institutional reforms in the way how we uh, bring in different voices uh, the representation of groups coming to build um, uh, policy designs, etc., etc. So it has to be, you know, binding. So we need those kind of institutional uh, that those kind of uh, representation to be institutionalized, and we need the reforms. And of course, um, from there we can scale up adaptation urgently from communities. Um, I think one of the issues that we were challenges that we were talking uh, that, that really entered into the conversation was that how to empower vulnerable communities in the design, uh, in the implementation of policies, environmental policies, and especially when we talk about conservation, people have always seen conservation as an action to you know preserve the the habitat, uh, the flora and fauna, but we rarely see people at the center of things. So um, it's really important that we do not put livelihood and conservation separately. They both have to be in the same table. They have to be in the same language. So this has been like being fought right now at the COP15 in Montreal. 
the COP15 uh, biodiversity uh, uh, conference in Montreal, how to include people's livelihood within conservation. So these are the kind of policy directives that Malaysia has to have um, coming in from you know different communities, especially uh, in urban areas where they want to be included. You know, they they are the ones who 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 rely a lot on their on that land, um, on that particular habitat, on that particular forest, and therefore they have a say on how it's going to be managed, developed, and and etc. So those are some of the the issues that we were talking about, and of course, um, uh, the the key um, strategies definitely falls back to fiscal strategies like mm. ecological fiscal transfers, green budgeting, climate finance. These are all, you know, very difficult topics, right? Including uh, uh, the the VCM. So we talk a lot about mandatory safeguards on VCM. So these are very complex topics, very new topics to communities. So how are we going to uh, build the capacity of communities to understand these issues better? Because they, they, you know, these policies will affect them, mm. right? Will affect their future. Therefore, they have a say in this. Um, and um, I think um, the 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 other uh, issues that was being for, uh, brought forward in those meeting is the EIA amendments, and we talk a lot about uh, in uh, in strengthening procedural rights, mm. especially the right to information, how to ensure you know the implementation of EIA um, is being done uh, you know transparently, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, the the you know, one of the most important thing that was being brought forward is uh, the enactment of the Climate Change Act. That is especially important. And I think this is something that the government can, um, you know, uh, build within the 100 days of PM10's administration. I mean, the drafting of this Climate Change Act, um, this could, you know, very, very much you know, um, lessen the gap of uh, deficit trust between civil society and governance and government, actually. So, and this, um, we while we, you know, also call for the strengthening of our actions at home, we also call for Malaysia's obligation in multilateral environmental negotiations like COP. Mm. You know, how do we engage with other states? And we need, uh, we, we have been, we have not seen Malaysia's needed leadership in global climate environmental diplomacy. That is something that was missing and we need that urgently because these are, uh, some of these are global problems that needs global solution. Um, for example, Malaysia has not really contributed to the loss and damage diplomacy um, and and we have uh, totally pushed out condi uh, conditionality on our nationally determined contribution. We want that back. We we need that back. We need climate finance from developed states, right? Mm -hmm. um, so these are some of the issues that uh, was being brought forward. But I do believe climate is something that should be mainstream across all ministries. Hence, I have like um, some few uh, points I want to brought forward, especially on policy incoherence between environmental policies and development policies. And this is something that, you know, NRECC cannot do alone. So EPU must must take, you know, uh, uh, must step up. Uh, so this falls under uh, YB Rafizi. Correct, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So EPU must streamline this and has to be headed by the EPU uh, because, you know, 
at one point development policies are doing something completely different and environment policies are doing you know it's trying protecting the the environment so it kind of like uh development um is not you know it is going against what you know what environmental policies are, are planning to do so um it is just um something economically uh, wrong yeah. as well um and uh, we also uh, i wanted to also speak about um the role of the ministry of women family and community development uh, kpwkm uh when it comes to uh, environmental uh protection linking back to gender so this is where intersectionality is really important because we see a lot of uh, policies coming up uh, for example the national adaptation plan on climate uh, really puts really they 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 put forward a gender and women as the groups that they needs to be engaged with however we do not see any any form of uh, engagement coming from kpwkm so we we need them to step up as well and to see women not just as victims but agents of transform transformations when being empowered and women are solution makers and they are already making strides of change on the ground so we need those information we need that data to be collected to be analyzed to be understood um so we need help from these different kind of um of ministries and um the last ministry i mean there's a lot of ministries that i want to talk about but the um the last one is uh, i think um very much important is the education ministry oh, yes. and the youth and sports ministry mm -hmm. so we talk about uh you know giving agency to young people right so we want you know more green jobs um you know quality climate education um, when we talk about climate ed education not only starting from um you know from university level it has to start from the you know the 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 secondary uh, primary and as well as community learning so that has to be included and very much that i um, really stress this out like uh, in unfgc at the moment uh, the action of climate empowerment will be implemented within the next 5 years so whatever that goes on in those negotiation it it really impacts us at back at home right yes. so um it's really important that we have that that leadership and youth leadership is at the center when we talk about action of climate empowerment so i do hope there will be like some form of like collaboration between interministry and and um uh these are some of the you know um institutional problems that we see between ministries that they don't work with each other so i am really interested to see how this administration will lessen the gap and i think uh on on the last part um this is not ministry but my wish list for the parliament um yeah yeah Yes, okay. we need yeah we need constitutional amendment on our environmental rights. We you know everywhere everything is moving really fast um, uh, on 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 environmental rights and our constitution must be amended to include environmental rights within the Article Five uh, uh, of our constitution. Mm. Um, and the second part is to have the parliamentary special select committee on climate change and biodiversity. So this has been led by the prime minister himself before before he was elected, and this uh, was quite recent eh, in August uh, this year. So he sent a letter to, to the speaker, and he said that the TOR and framework for this special select committee is currently being developed, and this is something 
you know, they can actually lead on within the 100 days of, of uh, his administration. So we need a parliamentary uh, a body uh, uh, when it comes to climate change and biodiversity to, ch to give check and balance to the ministry. It's really important. Most of the things that's being suggested by the ministry is not being taken, it's not being debated at the parliament. So that's not how you know, um, it, 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 uh, it's supposed to work. Uh, I think in many different countries, these um, issues, uh, uh, when it comes to, not issues, but, you know, uh, the, the it, takes a, it takes a lot of money to, to actually run all this climate uh, adaptation plans, mitigation plans, and it has to be debated in the parliament. The people has to know what is happening at these ministries. So uh, that's that's one, and um, the other part is, I want to iterate what Berse has been saying again and again, and also uh, the the Pakatan Harapan when they were the opposition, that is to reinstate local uh, uh, elections. Mm -hmm. uh, this is absolutely critical. Uh, um, I think a few days ago, local government minister Nga Korming, I think he said that this will not be his immediate focus. Again, backtracking on what they have, you know, said over and over again before they were the, the government, because, you know, this is essentially the democratic principles of accountability, you know, at the local level. It gives check and balance at the local level. It monitors corruption and, and mitigates them, right? And, yeah. and, and you know, and these issues are like development projects, uh, uh, floods, uh, water disruptions happening on urban areas and also in rural areas. We need this bottom-up approach. Right. And mm -hmm. and with and through the local councils, uh, um, this is where we allow people who vote people, you know, voters who vote for these people to, to actually um, uh, to get their uh, voices be heard. So I think these are really critical uh, democracy, democratic principles and, and procedural things that has been that, that must be put forward. Right. That has been missing mm -hmm. in previous administrations before. And. Um, yeah, it's really critical that we put them forward and, um, yeah, work together, you know, uh, you know, coming back to the word unity government, it's also the unity of people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the unity between top, bottom, bottom up approach, meet halfway, we have to work together. So I hope that this also translates to the kind of action that is being done between civil society and GOCSOs together with the government. Thank you so much, Nadia. That was Ili Nadia Zofaka, Chairperson of Klima Action Malaysia or KAMI, which is a member of Gabungan Darurat Iklim Malaysia. Uh, she was sharing her wish list for the environment with a new environment minister at the helm, a new, uh, a new environment minister and deputy minister at the helm of the newly rebranded Ministry of Natural Resources, Environment and Climate Change. Things are looking positive uh, and uh, yeah, let's hope uh, for some really good positive change in the coming months and years uh, under this new administration. Uh, lots of hope there. Um, if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my slash earth or you can find it on the BFM app. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.